Sunday marked the 62nd anniversary of the second Taiwan Strait crisis, which took place on the outlying islands of Jingmen and Mazu. In the morning, President Tsai paid her respects to the fallen soldiers and their families at Jingmen's Dawushan Cemetery. Accompanying her were Defense Minister Yan Defa, National Security Council Head Wellington Ku, and AIT Director Brent Christiansen. The showing of the de facto U.S. ambassador alongside the president at the event was a historic first. Observers say Christiansen's presence was a symbol of U.S. support of Taiwan and had everything to do with Beijing's recent threats to conduct live-fire exercises in the Taiwan Strait. The defense ministry also published a commemorative video in which it vowed to protect Taiwan. In the face of China's saber-rattling, Taiwan's military is faced with the challenge of treading a fine line between provocation and restraint. Ahead of his inauguration on Monday, Kaohsiung Mayor-elect Chen Qimai assembled his new administrative team in a hotel in Kaohsiung. Chen spent the entire day Sunday listening to briefings from the outgoing heads of various municipal agencies. Chen was recently elected in a by-election after former Mayor Han Guoyu was removed from office in an unprecedented recall in June. Kaohsiung Mayor-elect Chen Qimai and his three hand-picked deputies sat in a row during a briefing session that lasted an entire day. Chen listened attentively, occasionally looking down at documents. I hope we can get down to business once we take office tomorrow. Now we're having a preliminary exchange of opinions. Seizing the day before taking office, Chen convened a meeting of the city government bureau staff on the eve of the handover. He wants to get the city government back into action as soon as possible. There are some projects that need to be resolved, especially some major construction projects. They'd all been pending in the past without any decision made. Chen's top priority is to focus on Kaohsiung's metro, attracting investment in Kaohsiung's high-tech industries, the Chaotou Science Park and reducing air pollution. Amongst the ranks of his mini-cabinet, the only posts that are still vacant are the chiefs of the Agriculture Bureau and Marine Bureau. I picked a candidate but the person is still tied down by work. I hope the candidate can step up so that our entire agriculture sector can develop some new reforms and practices. The handover ceremony on Monday will be a simple affair owing to the pandemic. It will be held in an atrium of City Hall, with the number of guests capped at 300, much smaller than the usual number of guests invited for such an occasion. The public is eager to know if former KMT Mayor Hang Guoyu will attend the ceremony. I respect Mayor Han's wishes and I also sincerely invite him to attend. In response, Han said in a print media interview that he'd already made plans for that day. He added that he wished Chen the best in his construction of Kaohsiung. It's been nearly a month since the passing of former President Li Donghui, and many Taiwanese expatriates are still mourning his death. Unable to return home due to restrictions created by the pandemic, a group of Taiwanese in North America took to the Internet to express their grief. Taiwan's representative in the U.S., Xiaobi Kim, also took part in the virtual service. Oh, 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 oh,
In his deep baritone voice, Lin Yicheng sings, I am a thousand winds, a favourite of former President Lee's. He taught me that a person can dedicate himself to loving Taiwan in order to make Taiwan become a happier and happier place. No one has to be put on a blacklist and undergo undemocratic persecution anymore. We will carry on the mission handed to us by Mr Democracy. Taiwan is now in our hands. After Lee died of multiple organ failure in July, Taiwanese expatriates have been saddened. Many have wanted to return to their native land to grieve for him. But due to the pandemic, they could only express their gratitude for Lee in a virtual service. Taiwan's representative in the US, Xiaobi Kim, was also a participant. We had the first direct presidential election and the first transition of political power. If President Lee didn't so bravely stand up for Taiwan with his wisdom and leadership, we would not have gained the dignity and respect we enjoy today on the world stage. Freedom and democracy were hard won, and that will remain part of the legacy of Lee Donghui, aka Mr Democracy. The government is reportedly considering terminating the operating license of e-commerce website Taobao Taiwan as part of a crackdown on Taiwanese business partners of Chinese online companies. Launched in October last year, Taobao Taiwan is officially an agent of a British company, but its main shareholder is Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba. The economics ministry is expected to make a decision next week amid worries about Alibaba's close ties with the Chinese government. Taobao users are also concerned that their personal information could fall into China's hands once they register with Taobao Taiwan. Just last week, the government announced that starting September 3rd, Taiwanese firms will be banned from providing business support to Chinese video streaming companies, such as the mainland's streaming king, Aichi. Tropical storm Bavi brushed by Taiwan's eastern regions over the weekend, but parts of the island still saw rain Sunday due to the influence of its peripheral winds. Forecasters say Taiwan's central and southern regions, starting on Monday, could see showers or even thunder showers, while eastern regions may experience afternoon thunder showers, all due to the effects of a southwesterly wind. Heavy rains remain likely all the way till Friday. Despite the lifting of a sea warning for Tropical Storm Bavi, the power of its peripheral winds in its wake should not be underestimated. If we look at today's weather, you'll see that we're being affected by its peripheral winds. As for the region of rainfall, there will be some rainfall mainly on the northern coast, northern mountainous regions or parts of Taiwan's northeast. Actually, the main locations of rainfall today were concentrated in the central and southern regions. Particularly with the southern regions, we can't rule out bursts of heavy rain. Besides precipitation across Taiwan on Sunday, the CWB is also warning that Bavi could leave a trail of more rainy weather, as if lashing a big tail. The public needs to pay special attention to the direction of Taiwan's southwesterly winds. And people in Taiwan's central and southern regions should be on alert for showers or thunder showers. There is also potential for thunder showers in the afternoon in Taiwan's eastern regions.
The area covered by this southwesterly wind should be more or less apparent on Monday or Tuesday. After Wednesday, it will gradually strengthen, and at the current stage, it seems like this pattern will last until Friday. It's all under the influence of this comparatively significant southwesterly wind. There will be more moisture in the air after Wednesday, and all areas will see cloud coverage increase. Affected by the trailing winds of this tropical storm, rain will likely linger for the next several days. The public is reminded to bring rain gear when heading outdoors. The fourth Sunday of August, which is today, marks Grandparents' Day. To celebrate it, grandparents and grandkids learn more about how to fight COVID-19 through games and performances in an event sponsored by the Ministry of Education. Since 2010, the ministry has organized grandparent-themed activities for the public. While this year's theme incorporated epidemic prevention, the Family Fund also helped the two generations develop a closer bond. This May, a group of Taipei College students headed into the mountains bearing personalized gifts for a school attended by Atayal children. During their time in the indigenous village, they ended up receiving priceless gifts of their own from their new friends. Our Sunday special report. It's the middle of May. These undergrads from northern Taiwan are following their instructor into a remote community for an urban-rural exchange event. They're excited to escape the suffocation of the epidemic and to breathe in fresh country air. Meanwhile, at Yishen Elementary School in Taoyuan's Fuxing Township, a group of Atayo children are playing excitedly. Of the school's 35 children, two-thirds have gathered here to await the university students' arrival. It's a two-day exchange event, and the first step is the introduction. When the college students and the children meet, they're strangers from two different worlds, each stepping out of their comfort zones. It's awkward at first, but the ice thaws quickly once the fun and games begin. On the first day of the event, the children introduce the college students to their village. Upon hiking a steep mountain trail, the group sees the 15-story high Yixing suspension bridge hanging high above a riverbed. The narrow, high-up bridge carries a sense of danger that few of the local children are willing to brave. Halfway across the bridge, the fear sets in. On the first day we met each other, and we were still not very familiar, not familiar with the children. Then we all made off for the suspension bridge, and they were quite scared. That made them open up to us. They just wrapped their arms around us and yelled, I'm scared. The group stumbles on another way to bond. Normally I don't go out that often, and I also don't really like playing in the water. The reason I played in the water with the kids this time was because I had already gotten wet, so I just got in the water and played with them. As soon as the kids saw I got into the water, they said, that girl got into the water, quick splash her. I was attacked from all sides. It reminded me of my own childhood. Yixing Suspension Bridge and Yunei River are both famous local spots. 
what these children from the countryside had to offer their new friends from the city was a lesson. A lesson on lowering their guard and letting go of their stress. In the process of their interaction, those children and university students quickly grew close. They played together. That's not something that many children from the city are able to do with young adults. Because rural kids are not as wary of others, they are friendlier to others. After exploring Yishan's natural beauty, the college students learn about the lives of the area's children. They're at the home of sixth grader Hu Yi. At the second floor of Hu's home, the university students discover one interesting thing after another. Holding out a one meter long hawk wing, who opens their eyes to a different way of life. I'm a student from Malaysia. In Malaysia, I was quite the typical city kid. When I went to the second floor of Hui's home and he showed us the hawk wing, it was a shock to see something like that appear before my eyes. I'd never before encountered culture like this, and it gave me a new way of thinking about things. To see their way of life and how things are for them, like if they want to eat, they may just go hunting. The rural children give their city friends something else, exposure to diversity. City life can be monotone, with travel limited to the workplace, the supermarket, and the home. Taiwan's indigenous people, who are often unseen by mainstream society, still largely rely on nature for food. Theirs is a life of symbiotic coexistence with nature. Hu and his eight siblings live with their grandparents. His indigenous community faces the same challenge that all rural communities face, an exodus of young people. Hu and his siblings were raised by his grandparents. His parents divorced, and his father lives in Taipei. Due to the demands of his job, it has been nearly three months since he has come home. In a place like this, there are few work opportunities, so most people are only able to find odd jobs. If a family has land, they can do some farming, like maybe grow ginger or grow some vegetables, but it won't be enough to provide food for the entire family. Growing up in a difficult environment, the children come to clearly see the hard work of those who raised them. As a result, the kids tend to be helpful around the house and well-behaved. Taking care of the kids makes your whole body sore, especially the shoulders. Sometimes his grandfather will lie down on his stomach and Hui will massage him. He's a very sweet boy. Half the children at Yishan Elementary School come from disadvantaged homes. For the university students, exposure to these children's lives has provided a third gift, a reminder to cherish what they have. To use hot water, they have to boil it themselves and then use that for washing. I've started to feel content, to feel that I'm quite fortunate to have the life I have. I have power, I have water, and all I need to do is turn it on. With the onset of a sudden downpour, the activities on day one come to a close. The college students leave with mixed emotions that linger and permeate like fog after the rain.
it's day two. To thank the kids for showing them around, the college students teach them how to make macarons. It's an activity cooked up by their instructor, Chen Yanchu. Before the lesson began, he taught the college students how to make macarons so that they would be able to teach the kids. It's a dessert that embodies the reverie and leisure of a big city. The children are filled with eager anticipation. Like most kids, these ones have a sweet tooth. It's a rare treat to be able to make the confections themselves. They had never baked anything before this. There aren't resources for that up in the mountains. No baking classes. So it would have been very hard for them to try baking. We seized this opportunity to bake with them. Every one of them said they wanted to do it, and they were very happy. These colorful macarons were the college students' first gift to the children. Self-affirmation. They were able to make a dessert at school that everyone enjoys eating. Our hope has always been for the kids to learn skills with which they can change their lives. Studying hard is a skill. The ability to make macarons is also a skill. As they wait for the fragrance of macarons to waft from the oven, the children take to the stage to receive a small gift from their city friends. The university students had asked the children what they wanted beforehand so that they could find a way to get it for them. This mountain bike was obtained through a donation drive on social media by a student named Zhou Zhaohong. He then took it to a shop to have it restored so that today he could hand it over to Yu Yingxing. That moment when we fulfilled their wish, that moment when I gave Yu Yingxing her bike, that moment of surprise, that gave us a very great, very moving memory. Some children wanted gifts that were not material things. Lots of children said to us that they wish for their grandparents to be healthy. That kind of thing makes you realize that some children are so mature and that they are aware of their family's love for them. Hu said that the gift he wanted most was to see his father, who had been gone for three months. His dad couldn't make it home, but sat down to make a video. As soon as it starts to play, the boy bursts into tears. Seeing the person he misses the most and hearing that familiar voice, the boy's innermost thoughts come rising up. He used this as an opportunity to express his emotions. It was a good thing for him because it's a memorable moment in his life that could lead him toward farther growth. But whatever effects it has, we'll have to wait to find out. A bicycle, a father's message. These personalized gifts were the second thing given to the children by the university students. In the process, they gave themselves the best gift possible. Those of us who have lived a long time in the city can be a bit jaded. This exchange and our interactions with the kids have made me engage in a lot of introspection. People helping other people, that's a very important thing.
对他们来讲，应该是第一次送礼物给这个呃偏乡的小朋友。This was probably their first time giving gifts to kids in the countryside. These people born around the millennium, we call them Generation Z. They may have been well protected by their families. For them, sticking out their hand, showing concern for more people around themselves is a part of maturing. It's a lesson. This macaron, with its crispy shell and soft interior, is sweet but not cloying. It's as pleasing as the new friendship between the two groups of students. On one side, a city; on the other, a village. On one side, a university, and on the other side, an elementary school. It's an encounter between the sincere and unfiltered nature of children from the countryside and the curiosity and compassion of college students. Through their exchange of gifts, a seed was planted, one that could take root and shape their lives in the future. While locals are heading up the food trail following the release of the 2020 Michelin Guide's Bib Gourmand eateries, the bib distinction for affordable but high-quality nosh went to dozens of street vendors and restaurants. Taipei's Huaxi, Nanjichang, Ningxia, and Raohe night markets each had three hawkers that made the list. Over the weekend, people came out in droves to sample the award-winning snacks. At Raohe Night Market, one hot pot was Chentong Pork Ribs Medicinal Herb Soup. For more than 30 years now, this soup joint has served up ribs stewed in a proprietary herbal broth. Over at Ningxia Night Market, there was a line around the block for fried taro balls at a well-known stall called Liu Yuzai. Neighboring stalls said they also enjoyed a boost in business thanks to the Bib Gourmand effect.